all the glory. There's many veterans being remembered today for their sacrifice they gave to a country. But there's many saints that have gone on before us and gave their lives for this kingdom. For you and I. And I thank God for the King of Kings because freedom comes with a cost. Doesn't matter what country it is, freedom comes with a cost. Let's bow our heads. Father, as the brothers have proclaimed through this song, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe in that dying Lamb of God that redeemed fallen man, I believe. And so this morning, Lord, as we look at your word, I pray that you will inspire hearer and speaker. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll be lifted up in all your glory, that the word of God will go forth in power and demonstration, that you will meet the needs of a needy people needy of the shepherd to guide us beside still waters and shady green pastures. We need you this morning. Father, this world is dying. As Brother John prayed, identified that it's falling apart. But there is a kingdom that comes that shall never pass away. And we're a part of that kingdom and we're thankful for it this morning. I pray, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Be glorified through everything that is said and spoken this morning. Lord, reach out to the lost and the dying. Reach out to the redeemable this morning. Save those that are savable. Deal with hearts, I pray. As we commit now this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may have your seats for a moment if you don't mind. We've got all day. A couple of things I'd like to say and address before we go to the Word of God, if that would be fine. I know that's, I know that's rhetorical, and of course it's fine, and I want to thank the teachers before the school ends. I want to thank them for what they have been a part of and of our families. We were at the school the other night. Sister Curdy, where are you? Sister Jeannie, you did a tremendous job and all that assisted you. We're proud of our students. We're proud of our teachers. I want to thank you, Brother Norm. I've never had the chance since the trustees meeting to thank you for you. I respect you. I honor you. Here's a man that's given four years of his time to a school and never took a penny. To your children. A VP of one of the large companies in this world with two degrees would be a teacher for our students, my grandchildren. And I thank you, Brother Norm, from the depths of my soul. 
don't ever think we take you for granted. We love you and Sister Louise. We pray for you and we pray for your family. May God reward you as you have given. May God pour back to you abundantly. More than you would even ask or think, Brother Norm. God sees everything you've done. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank Brother Michael Dexter for what he's done this week. He was here, not on a holiday by any means, probably tired and worn out. Sister Bethany, she's come to join her husband later on in the week, I'm sure, to encourage him. And Brother Michael Ray, they had, a, they had a, uh, I would say, one of the most strenuous weeks maybe they've had for a long time. They've all had strenuous weeks, of course. But they were um, laying down some video with Brother Biscal, And uh, I know it was, it was taxing on Brother Ed and taxing on the brothers because you just want to say everything right. Because truth shall prevail. And we need a record of truth as we've had throughout history, through the scriptures, and we've had a personal I am a witness in our local assembly as our pastor, Brother Ed Biscal. He's not here, Sister Ruth, they're not here, but we pray God will strengthen them and be with them, and that God would rapture us all together. I don't look for time to go on. The prophet said, don't write history books. So, don't write history books. I'm looking for a rapture for that blessed home on high. And I thank God that that is a reality to most that are here. And if it's not a reality to you, may the Holy Spirit speak to your heart that you will become a part of this heavenly band. We believe in a gospel that is a present tense gospel. We don't believe in a history gospel. We don't look back even to 40 years ago when I got saved. We have to move on. Onward, Christian soldiers. We have to walk on in the light as he is the light. And we have to walk in the revelation of his word as his word becomes more unfolding and the mysteries of God become unveiled to us. And we're responsible to those unveiled mysteries that God reveals to us individually. We're responsible to what God makes real to you. And God is going to hold us responsible for the more we know, the more we'll be accountable. And I'm just uh, praying that God will, will make this word alive and more real to you as the days, if God gives us a few days. I'd like you to pray, I'm casting all my cares on you. Maybe you've got a need or you've got a care that you need to cast upon the Lord this morning. I believe in a personal gospel. I don't care if there was just one here. I've traveled to Scotland in the 90s and had a meeting for just one girl with Sister Joanne, Brother Quasi, and Dorcas. They were there, started a home church. So I know God would separate from the disciples for that one woman at the well. And I have needs to go by Samaria. 
my prayer is that God would come by your way to make himself real and personal to you and this gospel would never become common so I, I know it's more of an upbeat song but I just want to sing it just a tad slower so let's stand to our feet so I'm casting all my cares on you I know you love you touch hearts just one more time Lord would you save the lost just one more time Lord we're knowing time is being wrapped up and time shall be no more father maybe you're holding it off for just one soul this morning that's here so Lord I'm just praying that you'll speak to every heart some things will be spoken that many have heard before. Lord, may this old blessed gospel never become common. On a hill called Mount Calvary. Lord, that was a victory day, but there was also another victory day coming around the corner. The stone was rolled back and the risen Savior rose. And that's the God we serve this morning. So, Father, as we turn to the word, would you speak to us deeply in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Please turn to Revelation chapter 10. 
I'm going to maybe try and wrap up this little series. Brother said, well, what will the title be? Thine are we, part three. But I started really one more before that, and I never titled it right, so this is really part four. I trust you can say from the depths of your souls, thine are I. And collectively, we can say, thine are we. Scripture reading this morning is Revelation 10, verse 9. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and I ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I'd eaten it, it, my belly was bitter. And then he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations, tongues and kings. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Signs of the times are all around us. And as we've been taking out of Chronicles chapter 12 and preaching on the children of Issachar, They were valiant men. They were mighty men. They were known as the richest tribe as far as the land was concerned. They were men of might. They were men, the Bible says, of understanding of the times and to know what Israel ought to do. And we've broken this down various points as the last couple of three weeks or so have gone by. And I don't want to have it stuck in your mind that this is something of history. This is something that's very present and real today because we know the Old Testament is a type and a shadow of the new. So if there were men that knew what the Israel ought to do. There must be men and women today that knows what the bride must do. Then what, if I'm in the bride, what I must do? Because I want it to be personal this morning. That's why the scripture says an I, personal pronoun, went to the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. This is your time. This is what you ought to do. And I don't want to, I'm not saying that as a, a demand. I'm saying that that's what, where we're at. I'm not telling you that, or chastising you. Because I don't believe in that kind of gospel. I believe that this is a love gospel, that we love him more than life. And that we want him personally within our hearts. 
And so it's not me speaking, commanding, and telling, but maybe it be the Holy Spirit beckoning, pulling, and calling. Prophet said, now it's your attitude, what you think it is, that will determine what you get. It's what you think about this morning's service. That's what you're going to get. Get on with it, preacher, because we've got a picnic this afternoon. As one veteran said, this is not a celebration day. This is not a celebration day. This is to remember, remember men that have fallen and women and given their lives. So that we could be a free country. I have a few stats for you. For the Americans, for this is your Memorial Day. Do you know how many soldiers fell in World War I? You know, per capita, Canada lost more than the Americans. One hundred and sixteen thousand seven hundred and eight soldiers, whether it be Navy, Air, or Army, sacrificed their lives. World War II, four hundred and sixteen thousand and eight hundred. Vietnam, two hundred and fifty thousand. Can I say throughout history for the Christian soldiers? Tens of millions gave their lives for this Holy Ghost gospel. To give us a freedom in the word. That we're not bound by a denominational demon. That we have the liberty in the Holy Ghost. And give us truth. For the truth shall set you free. Men sacrifice their lives and have sacrificed their lives. And have gone on before us to give us true freedom. And we should be thankful for that. Amen. Not just a holiday. Because if you can forget that, if you can forget Pearl Harbor, I'm a Canadian, but why does it move you? Because the enemy gave him a surprise attack. Flying low. Coming to destroy a nation. And we say, well, that was a war. Well, we're in a warfare right now. And I want to let you know there's some kamikaze pilots coming after you. But God has given us a messenger, one who sees in the tent of the enemy and knows before he attacks. And gives us his word to defeat, not only defend, but to defeat him. When I looked up the number that died at Pearl Harbor on a surprise attack, I appreciated the statistic because they ended it off with, I believe it was 21 or 22,003. There was no round off. That was an exact number. And you might think, well, they didn't mean anything. No, that was a number. That was the statistic. 
And you might not think that you're anybody, but you are in that number. Individually, you mean something to God or he wouldn't have died for you. And then the prophet turns around and said, if it was just for you, Roy, he would die for you. He knows our name as you already sung. People gave their lives. China in World War II, hardly mentioned. But the Japanese killed over 6 to 10 million Chinese. Those are stats. Don't become a statistic in the negative. Become a statistic in the positive. Men that would give their lives for the gospel. Give their lives for a country. That means something to me. I had a daddy that was in the Navy in World War II, survived. My mother was in the Air Force. She was in the communications. And she, of course, didn't see battle, but she was in the war. Veterans. And I respect them. And I respect the day that I can remember that one day on a hill called Mount Calvary. This one didn't have to give his life. He willingly gave his life. He wasn't undrafted. This was volunteer. And they say those that volunteer are the men of great honor. And he voluntarily came to Calvary for you and I. So it's more than just a memorial day that we remember fallen soldiers. But there was one that gave his life's blood for you and I. That we should be able to rejoice within our hearts. And thank God that it's a reality. I can say as the gospel declares. I have been born again. By the blood of the lamb. I've had a nature changed by the blood of the lamb. I've got a love of God by the blood of the lamb. I love his word by the revealing the blood of the lamb, the life of God. So I open the scripture today with, or the service today with Revelation 10, 9. There's something in us that are predestinated that it's very hard to explain. And that is a love for God. I got a text this morning from Brother Ron Spencer. We keep touch ever so often. He said, we are driven, aren't we? I said, yes, I am a driven man. Driven to know Jesus. Driven to know him in the power of his resurrection. What's your attitude this morning? And what you think this is, what this Jesus, which is called Christ, is, what you think this message is, is what you will get. Bram said one place, he said, he changed my soul from the things of the world. And I'm so thankful for it. 
Because if there wasn't a Calvary, he couldn't change your soul. You say, Brother Tom, that's just an old story. Well, then you better wake up. You better wake up this morning because it is as real to me today as it was 41, 42 years ago. If that isn't real for you this morning, you haven't met the King of Kings and Lord Supreme. And this is the Jesus I want you to know. If I wouldn't have got saved, I wouldn't have my wife. If I wouldn't have got saved, I wouldn't have the children I have or the grandchildren I adore. If God hadn't saved you, where would you be this morning? This is personal. This isn't just Brother Tom or Brother John or somebody just exercised up here and trying to admonish you. It's trying to catch the thought of God for you individually. What will affect you in the word of God? He changed my soul from the things of the world into the things of God. Who could do that? Look at there's billions of people. Billions of people going to hell. Billions that are worshiping false gods. But God, rich in mercy, came by your way and revealed himself to you. Surely you can express your love back to him. Changed me from the things of the world into the things of God. Maybe of you have never been to the horse races. Brother Ram goes on. He changed me from the horse races and gambling. And it's such a shame as we drove by through Langley and you see all these people gambling their money away and seeing it down in Cloverdale and now it's everywhere. Everybody's gambling. They gambled for Jesus' clothes. People go hungry. Homes get broken by the spirit and demon of gambling. We sit here under the blessings of God and so you shall because you have received Christ. But those that haven't have many broken homes. Money that would have clothed them, money that would have fed them, they gamble it away. And I would have been one of them. From adultery... From lying. So just so that just your little girls or little boys might understand that when you lie to your mother and father, that record is told. No liars go to heaven. Just, just so that you understand that. Maybe it's not preached on, but this morning we're just going to cover some territory. You lie, you go to hell. Liars go to hell. You lie about the word. You add to the word. You take from the word. You're lying. Say what he said. Prophesy again. Well, it's just a little lie. It's a white lie. There's no white lies. There's no little lies. All liars go to hell. 
Say, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't gamble. I don't, I'm not committing adultery. Listen, nobody had to teach you to lie. So that is an old nature that's in you. But when you get a nature change, you don't lie anymore. I gave an example maybe a year ago. I have to watch my weight. Because I have a thin wife. And every time I go out for lunch, as I often say, she says, what did you have? And I said, oh, I just had vegetables. And what? You might think that that is a little thing. But you know, I can't lie. Because even if you don't maybe change the subject and make it guile, we've got to watch it. Don't half-truth anything. Just tell the truth. And so then I will say, well, I had this and what? So every time I go out to lunch with some of you, sometimes I don't order what I want because I'm going to say, what? She's going to say, what did you have for lunch? You have to drop down a little bit just to relax. So you say, well, just a little thing. If you lie at that, what, will, what else will you lie about? Maybe there's some repenting on have to happen this morning. He changed me from the world. He changed me from horse racing and gambling. He changed, changed me from adultery and lying and stealing. He changed my soul. He changed my thoughts. How many of us could only wait till Friday night? Because Friday night was the night to let loose. And now my thoughts have been changed. I can't wait till I get to church. If you haven't had that thought pattern change, ask them to change it this morning. Thine are we, Lord. Not half-heartedly, wholeheartedly. I'm thine. I'm, I'm giving you my everything this morning. There isn't half Christians, as the prophet said. There's not a black, white Bird, he said, you are either saved or unsaved. You're either born again or not born again. And if you're not born again, may the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because maybe we're waiting on you. Maybe this is just a laying out. Brother Bram just said, letting the act go on until that last one comes in. And you have been spoken to by the Holy Spirit, but you have resisted the call. Joel 3 and 29 says, Proclaim ye among the Gentiles, prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. 
sons of Issachar, that know what the will of God is, that have understanding, that we can wake up to the reality that we're not just churchgoers, but we're sons and daughters of God that know him in the power of his resurrection. Can I say what the prophet said? Can I tell you that Brother Ram said, when Jonah was running from the presence of the Lord, he said in, in the message, Christianity is an everyday rugged life in this present world. We've had wars, but Brother Bram said the greatest battle ever fought is in your mind. And you're warring right now. Who's going to win? That's why Joel said, prepare ye, um, proclaim ye among the Gentiles, prepare for war, wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near and let them come up. We spoke on David. We spoke on his rejection. We spoke on how that Jesus Christ was David and he was rejected in this generation. Standing outside the door, knocking, trying to come in. And maybe God is trying to knock on your door individually. You're going to have to open it. Because the latch is on the inside, not the outside. Then a cry went out by Malachi 4. A cry went out under the unction of David. The unction of the son of David. The unction of God. Crying out. Oh warrior sons. Stand by me. Who's going to heed the call? Wake up you mighty men. You mighty women of faith. Oh, warrior sons. They knew that David was rejected. They know this message is rejected. We know the denominations don't love this message. We know Rome hates it. But we love it. We'll stand with David. We'll stand with the anointed. We have been awakened. Though he was rejected and the call went out. And Saul run him out, Brother Bram said. And the denominations will run you out. But don't you worry. This David is anointed. This people are anointed. Then the cry comes out. O warriors, wake up. Come and stand with me. By my side. I'm in a terrible place. I'm in a terrible place. Can you stand at that terrible place? I challenge you today. Says these tapes go around the world and I challenge some men. Warriors who love Jesus Christ. 
that knows these things have got to be fulfilled. They understand God and they know the hour and what Israel ought to do. Brethren, come stand by my side and pull the word of God. Forget those dried up cisterns, stagnated denominations. Pull the fresh word of God and give Jesus a good drink, a fresh Pentecostal water. That's his desire today. Back to the original Pentecost, back to the word. It's prophesied we do so. We do so in Malachi 4. Return the faith of the children back to the fathers again. Who will stand with me this morning? Listen. Outside of what this message is. And I know this is a very hard thing for people to understand. And it's not as though we have not searched out religions of the world ourselves. It's not that we have been gullible. It's something that we have sought out God. God sought us out. And we laid before the presence of God. And his word became alive. It's God that made himself real. To you individually. I don't follow this church because of a church. I don't follow this church because of Brother Biscoll. I follow this word called Jesus Christ. And I will stand with that word no matter what. Because God has vindicated this message. Not you. Not me. This word. And if you get in that word, God will vindicate your life. It's not you pulling down God. It's, oh, God, have mercy on me. Show me who you are. I come to church because mom makes me come to church. I never had the privilege you young people have had. I never grew up in a godly home. I didn't know who, where God was and what God was doing. All I knew that there had to be a God somewhere. And I don't know who put that there. But then one day I realized it wasn't me seeking God. God was seeking me. And then there came a, a, a collision of omnipotence. And when that collision takes place, a long-haired, dope-smoking party monger became a son of God. But you, sinner friend, you can grow up in a home. You can do what you want. But if you've not had an experience with Jesus himself, you also will go to the perils of hell. Because you have not had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, the living word. Who is going to tell you that outside of somebody that loves you? This message isn't a magic wand because my parents are in, I'm coming in. How you got born again is how the token comes. 
You say, I got the token over my children. That's right. You send the token. That's called the Holy Ghost. But unless you're born again by that spirit. There's no magic button that's going to open the gates. My sheep. Hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. So isn't Tom Ray with a lasso trying to pull you into the kingdom? It's whether the voice of God actually knocks on your door. And I'm sorry, friends, unless that actually happens to you. Where will you be? My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. If you've heard his voice, then rejoice. Rejoice in hearing the voice. Don't just sit there and look at me. Worship God. This is the house of worship. This is the house where you can thank God. You've got a godly wife and you've got a godly husband. You can thank God that he's speaking to you. That this is not a dead church. This is a vibrant church. It's got the life of God in her. And it's not because a minister is exercised. It's because something's bubbling in me. We're going to tell the gospel like it is this morning. And if you are saved and you've heard his voice, then I say rejoice. Nothing, nothing at all, Sister Sarah, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing, no devil, no spirit of the age, no demon of hell can stop a believer. Hallelujah, he says. I'm calling for real men and real women. It's a terrible place. But won't you stand by me? I've seen some of you for years. No expression. No nothing. No vibrancy. And you say, well, Brother Tom, we don't have to be like you. No, you don't. And surely I don't want a heaven full of Tom Rays. Because I don't even like him myself. But I do love the God that's in him. And that's the God that I worship. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I got his love, his nature, and his ability. I've got the life of God. 
In who? In who? The redeemed of God. Those sheep that hear the voice of God rejoice in his word. That's why you can watch different people as you preach and you look and we're not prophets at discernment. It's not very hard to tell where a person's at. And I'm not here to judge you at all. But I'm letting the great judge that has come down in this generation do his eternal work within your heart and within your life. You say, I saw seven angels in a cloud. What did you see? I saw the redeemed. I saw redemption. But to those that don't receive redemption, get judgment. Say, I saw a cloud. What's it done for you? I saw redemption. Well, then if you got redemption, you got his life. I've got the life of God in me. (laughs) I hope you still love me after this one. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. I know them. God knows you. And they follow me. They won't follow the words of man, the intellect of man, the theology of man. They will follow, thus saith the Lord. And I give them eternal life. And they shall, here's the great part, never ever perish. Neither, Jesus says, neither, neither can believe the sign. I mean, false doctrines, they're liars. Might as well tell it like it is. We stand on thus saith the Lord. Where's the vindication that they got? But I'll stand on the word. Every time they try and understand or people try and understand by intellect. If you can put God in your intellectual box, I don't want that God. I want a God that is a great God, omnipotent God. And I want to ask you, where's their families today? The word is our absolute. The word will hold us. My sheep know my voice. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, Brother Frank. I was thinking about your shoe store this week. Can you imagine, Brother Frank, 90, what, three? Two. Two. When did you get saved, Brother Frank? How old were you? Eleven. When the word came by your way with Milko, how old were you? Yeah, I know your memory's going, but figure it out. I was 21. Can you remember? Can you remember when Jesus came by your way? I'm giving you some time, Frank. 72.
Amen. My sheep know my voice. You can be in the Plymouth Brethren. You can be whatever brethren you want. But you came into the real brothers. 72. I'm not even there yet myself. Praise the Lord. I'm getting scared. I'm getting near there. God rapture us. But no one can pluck you out of my hand. Because your names were engraved in his hands. Glory. We can rejoice in the voice. People say it was the voice of William Branham. It was not the voice of William Branham. It wasn't even the sign of William Branham. It was the God that was in William Branham. Hallelujah. That's why you can look around this room and see young people in the vigor of life. Not tainted by the world. You can look at these young ladies and they're pure and they're holy. Who can do that but the word? When you see people's, now they're tattied all up from their arms to their hands. The glove tatties. Poor people. What are they trying to find? What were they trying to do? It's heathenism. Swallowed up in heathenism. But as many as receive him. Who's him? The word. Who's the word? Jesus. As many as receive him. Gave he them power. Come on. Sons of God. Rejoice in this. As many as received him the word. Gave he them power. To become the sons and daughters of God. Which were born not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Not because mommy and daddy had family planning. Forget it. Most of us didn't even know we were coming. Some of us weren't supposed to come. as what the world thought. I was supposed to die in birth. My mom was supposed to die. We were both supposed to die. Then she wasn't going to die and I was going to die. Can you imagine that? Some doctor telling my mom, my dad, I don't think we can save both. Which one should we save? But I know Jesus Save me. He knew me before I was born. He knew you before you were born. You were in his thoughts before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Verily. I love this word. I love this. Absolutely, absolutely. Verily, verily, absolutely, Jeremiah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's where you need to read the Bible next time when you say verily, verily. Absolutely, absolutely. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into the judgment, but is passed from death unto life. 
Glory. Won't you receive this Jesus this morning? If you haven't gone through the adoption series in a while, I would encourage you to go through the adoption series. Everything that we've been preaching over the last four or five services have been in the adoption series. He says in adoption part three. So I guess I'm in part three this morning. So they say. I'll get to part four because I'm really in part four, but I got a quote from adoption four. God, by his foreknowledge, seen exactly who would be saved. <laughs> he said exactly who would be saved. And who wouldn't be saved. He sent Jesus to save those he'd already chosen. <laughs> he sent the word to them that were chosen in him, as Paul wrote in Ephesians, before the foundation of the world. Prophet can't say that which is in the word. So he sent the word to save those that had already been chosen in him. Didn't Paul say in the fifth verse before this, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world? That's our inheritance is him. Is Jesus. That's my inheritance. And these lines have fallen in pleasant places. And the Lord is my portion. We'll go to the first subject. That's our inheritance. God chose us. And let Jesus come and pay the price. That's what? The shedding of his blood. No sin would be accounted to us. Nothing you do. That's your inheritance. You are of God, little children. Can I say that again? You are of God, little children. And have overcome them because greater. Are you listening? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is that God that dwells in you. Tell me, my brother. Adoptions number four. Tell me, my sister. When were the time that the sons of God was ever to be manifested outside of this time now? I'll say that again so that the meter can go a little higher here. Tell me, my brother. Tell me, my sister. When was the time that the sons of God was ever to be manifested outside of this time now? They had the understanding of time and to know what to do. 
This time is the manifestation of the sons of God. This hour. Oh, I'm just going to just make it a little bit stronger. But you say, Brother Tom, Brother Brown preached that in 1960. But are we just catching it now? Can the spirit of prophecy go forth? And that we could catch it and prophesy again? That I can say I know the time of taking of the book. And I know what to do with it. Eat it. This might choke you to death. But did you know that men that are the sons of God are amateur gods? So we know the time. We say this is the coming of the Lord time. This is rapture time. As the sons of Issachar knew the time, Brother Michael. They knew the time. But they also knew what to do with it. So now we are the sons of God. Not we will be, but we are. How many of you know that? We didn't have a clue. Henry, I saw a picture of you the other day. You had hair. And you were young. Sam, you were there too. Joe, <laughs> I saw your little family and your little young ones around you. And you're still here. Why? Because not one could be plucked from my hand. You haven't chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you to bring forth life and life more abundantly. But did you know that the men that are the sons of God are amateur gods? How many ever know that? How many know that Jesus said so? Jesus said, did not your law say itself that you are gods? If Jesus said it, can't we believe it? Well, somebody else says it. And people grab onto it. But let's go what Jesus said. Let's just say what Jesus said, okay? Jesus said, Itself, aren't you gods? You called them gods, which God said in Genesis 2 that they were gods because they were full, had full dominion and domain over the world. He gave them dominion over all things. But man lost his godship. He lost his sonship. He lost his domain. And Satan took it over. But brother, we are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I want to say to you this morning, you don't have to wait any longer. All creation grown is waiting. They don't have to wait any longer. The sons and daughters of God have arrived. Hallelujah. We know the time and, not, and what we ought to do. Still with me? In the message, he that is in you. What do you think of this, sister? I don't know you. You're a stranger to me. 
You believe me to be God's prophet? Oh, you do? Oh, thank you. God honor you. You're going to get out of it. What does he say? It's your attitude towards it is what you'll get. Do you believe me? Thank you. God will honor you. Oh, you're Mrs. White. You come from Fort Worth, Texas. Are you counting? I just want you to count a little bit here now. Mrs. White. She, not Mrs. Black. Red. Green. There are greens, you know. There are Mr. Greens and Mrs. Greens. There's Mr. Blacks and Mrs. Blacks. Mr. Whites and Mr. Whites. She happened to be Mrs. White. I had a school teacher called Mr. White. You've come from Fort Worth, Texas. Not Dallas. Fort Worth. Right, right where she's living. Now they call it Dallas-Fort Worth. Not Houston. Not Albuquerque. New Mexico. Not San Diego, California. Missoula, Montana. Cloverdale Bible Lane. You're from Fort Worth, Texas. You've got a muscular disease, a nervous condition, very bad. No hope for you as far as medical science is concerned. Your husband, he has a spiritual need. Are you counting? Are you counting? A prophet is a discerner of the thought and intent. The word is a discerner of the thought and of the heart. A prophet is a manifestation of a word. So now it's discerning the very thought and intent of this woman's heart. White, Fort Worth, muscular disease, husband in a bad condition, has a spiritual need. You've got a son that's there, not a daughter, a son, troubled with his back. He's got heart disease, not liver disease, not kidney disease, but a heart disease. You've got a little boy, he's in your lap. That little boy has some kind of speech. That you're praying over, is that right? Raise up your hand. Greater is he in you than he that's in the world. Do you believe with all your heart? All of it? Do you believe with all your heart? All of it? Let's bow our head. He's proved to be God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's the Lord God that's in you. Let him have the preeminence. Let him have the oversay. You say in your heart right now, if you can with all your heart and believe it, that disease that's in your body is gone. If you say in your heart, come on, sons of God. Stay with me. Daughters of God, stay with me. If you say in your heart that disease is gone, it is gone. I don't care what you put on your heart. Whatsoever you ask. In my Father's name, you believe in your heart. Hallelujah. You tell your son he needs to get saved. You tell your daughter she needs an experience in God. Whatsoever you say. I'm around women that love the word. 
my wife and her sisters love the word. Wouldn't give up on you, Nathan. Year after year, wouldn't give up. But the faith of the mother puts you in that pew. Joel, the faith of your mother puts you in that pew. Glory! Let your faith be exercised this morning. Sons of God, what other other time that this is supposed to be manifested? But now, Brother Roger, now we are the sons of God. We just went through Mr. Mrs. White. We just went through her nervous condition. We just went through her, her sickness in her body and her husband's need and her son in her lap. Who knows that but God? Who knew you but God? Chose you. That's your inheritance in him. And now he's telling you what your inheritance is. Whatsoever you believe in your heart. You say in your heart right now. Come on. I'm not going to get off this for a moment now. I've been waiting for this for three weeks. I, I, I just got to this part after three services. So just, you know, enjoy it with me and my folly this morning. If you say in your heart and you believe that greater is he that's in you, you can have what you ask right now. Right now. Right now. Then you confess it with your lips and you speak it. Put the word of God on your lips and confess it. Get in prayer. Get Wesley's song. Pray an honest prayer. Pray for your children. How many ever put an order in Amazon? Walmart. Sears and Robot. Whatever they call them, robot or robot or I put an order in and had to wait. Oh yeah, some of you don't like this. And you're tapping your fingers. How many day delivery is this gonna be? I want overnight delivery. You might have to pay an extra cost. You know that'll get you maybe an extra time on your knees. It's going to cost you a little more than just speaking it. Maybe call on God and get a hold of the horns of the altar. Say, God, give me my son. If you can believe in your heart, you're going to have it right now. Right now. And you say, I am no more afflicted. Or you say, I got no more unbelief regarding this situation. He's saved. She's saved. Hallelujah. Some of you new daddies, you better start believing and start pulling on this because you're going to need this for your children coming down the road. Don't wait till they're 19 or 20 and 23 and let the world at them. We've got no time to wait. We know the time. We know the hour and what needs to be done. Yeah. 
You say in your heart right now, you can have all your heart. Not just part of it. You can have all that's in your heart. That disease in your body is gone. I am no more afflicted. I have no more disease. That's what Brother Brown is now telling this woman. Why? He said, greater is he that's in my body. He that is in my heart is greater than in my flesh. Come on, people. He gave you a new heart and a new spirit by a new birth. So greater is that God that's in your heart than he that's in your flesh. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in my heart. Created. The one that's in my heart created heavens and the earth. Not a Jesus 2,000 years ago, but omnipotent God now. Hallelujah. (laughs) He that is in my heart created heavens and earth. My flesh was contaminated by Satan. But I'm a temple for the Holy Spirit to live in. Therefore, Satan, I command you... Now speaking in the personal pronoun. Let God speak through you. I bind you, Satan. Glory. Now we are the sons and daughters of God. Not we will be, but we are. Burden, yes. Serious time, yes. Awake, you mighty warriors. Awake, you mighty Gentiles. We're in a warfare and we're fighting for our children. We're fighting for our loved ones. And Satan isn't going to give up, and neither am I. But let me tell the devil something right now. I know your end. Take that, devil. He's thrown dust on you. He's told you you're no good. You tell him this morning, you're no good. You are no good. I'm brushing you off. In fact, you know what your destination is? A pit of hell. You know what mine is? It's a future home. Hallelujah. You bound me enough. You bound my wife. You bound my children. And I'm fighting you. Come on, sons of Issachar. Tribes gave half or maybe a quarter or a tenth of their mighty men. But the Bible says that Issachar, all the mighty men of Issachar, would come at their beck and call. Come on, sons of Issachar. In this last message that I'll preach on this, rise to the occasion. It's a terrible place to stand. 
Satan has got all his darts. 15 miles of Philistines all around us, Brother John. But we haven't given in, and we've bloodied our sword. Spirits of unbelief have come to divide and separate. But the word of God has come to join the head and the body. Hallelujah. They don't have a clue what we believe. They say they know. They say they know the message. They've never had a revelation of it from day one. Because once you've got a revelation of God's word, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. I'm sorry, friends. That's an absolute truth. And it's high time we awake to the realities of God in me. We're not a united church, Brother John. No, sir. We're no Anglican church where my daddy came from. Huh? We're not a denomination. No, sir. They that are born of his spirit, they are the sons of God. They have not been born by the will of man or the will of flesh. They have been born by the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he sent this Jesus. He sent this message to make this inheritance real to you. Can you say amen, Victor? He sent this Jesus. This message is Jesus Christ. Friends may forsake me. Foes may fight me. But they shall, as the song says, never win. Think about it, Jonah. Think about it. Jonas, not one devil can defeat you. (laughs) Hopi, what a blessed life you two have. And you young people have gotten married this year. God bless you. And last year, God bless you. And 40 years ago, God bless you. And 50. Not me, no, no, no. (laughs) Not quite yet. But 64 we have. Brother Andy's how long? You have to ask. (laughs) How many years? Six? 56. Glory. And you've been an example to us. And we love you for it. 56. May I never see 56. May we see the rapture. (laughs) Speaking by faith, of course. Let's pull on the rapture. I know some of these, Victoria and Johnny, 56? What's it for you? See, even he had to think, brother. (laughs) A year and a half. Isn't that sweet? It's the word on the inside. Working where? Toward the outside. It's the word in my heart. Pulling this flesh subject to its word. Brother Bram says, if we're Abraham's seed, you're a finished product. 
<laughs> Should I say that again? Maybe put a smile on somebody's face. If we are the seeds of Abraham, or if we're Abraham's seed, you're a finished product. Oh, Brother Tom, I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Oh, that was a big one, wasn't it? <laughs> you mean there's some of you here that never make a mistake? Can I shake your hand, please? I'll be the first one to shake your hand. He says, we all make mistakes, but there's a blood. This is a part of your inheritance. I preached a message years ago called mistake, mistake, mistake. But God makes those mistakes null and void. By the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony. God's, am I sputtering all over the place here? You're a finished product because whom he foreknow, he did predestinate. And those who he predestinated, he does justify. And he who he has justified, he hath already. Already, Margaret. Already. When Paul wrote that down, it's already. <laughs> already. Glorified. Ooh, and then he goes, what are you scared about? You're a finished product. There's an antichrist in his last days. What are you scared about? We're not scared about the antichrist. We're not scared about the beast because we know the number of the beast. Satan's been exposed to the opening of the seals. The trail of the serpent has been exposed. And we know that there's an anointing in this last age on a people that's anointing us for rapture. That is anointing us for a change in the body. For having predestinated us. Going back to Ephesians 1 and 5, Paul writes, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to his good pleasure of his will. So I look up the purpose. What's the purpose of it? In the Greek, what's the purpose of his will? What's God wanting to do here? The purpose of this foreign nation or this predestination is the adoption which places you as sons. So God's predestinated you, foreordained you for the adoption of sons. That's what Paul's writing about in Ephesians 1 and 5. That's what it's all about, Sam. The adoption of sons. When you go to SFU next time, when you walk down those halls, I want you to do me a favor. For me, shout glory, I got delivered. I walked through those halls of SFU. Uh-huh. I used to go there too. On an unsafe state. But when I got saved, this is not for you, Sam, this is for me. I quit. <laughs> we all have our own testimony. But I want you to shout in the hall next week, this week, just for Brother Tom. Brother Tom used to walk these halls of learning. And he was bound by Satan. But greater was that predestinated seed in him. That all the education devils could go home. And you can show, praise God, Tom Ray got delivered. 
So he's ordained us, foreknown us, foreordained us to a placing of sons, Brother Roy. That is our placing of a son. That's what Paul was talking about. That's what Ephesians was. That's what Joshua did. Is a car here, Dan here, Judah here, Simeon here, Asher here, Naphtali here. He placed them in the land. Then we headed Joshua in this day, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Takes the word of God, goes to Ephesians, and preaches on adoption. Take us Ephesians 1. And now I'm just looking at the Greek now. And you can see how it parallels prophet. He says, your foreign nation was to place you into your position as sons. That's just the Greek definition. Because you were to be born of God. You became a son and daughter of God voluntarily. You weren't like a puppet on a string. God gives everybody free will. Everybody gets free will. But God knows what you will do. But now you voluntarily came as there was voluntary men that went into the army or into the navy or into the air force or the marines. They voluntarily went. And we voluntarily went to fight this war. It was your own free will. And by that action of free will causes then you to be conformed to the character of God. I love it that. Because of your free will of saying, Jesus, come into my life. Let this resurrection become a reality. I don't want a dead God. I want a living God. One that stood in this generation. Because I voluntarily accepted God's will for me. Then I will be conformed to the character of God. So then the important thing they go on to say is not just to consider your predestination. That's important. It's good to know, right, brethren? It's good to know you're predestinated. It's very good. That, that is your inheritance in him. But it's not just to know that you're predestinated, but you're predestinated to fulfill your adoption and his glory. It's not just because you're adopted. I'm sorry that you're just predestined. Say, I'm predestinated for the foundation of the world. Well, that predestination then, it's important to know. But what you're to come to the realization to, not that you're just predestinated to this, but you're predestinated to fulfill full redemption of your adoption and his glory. I hope that isn't broken down too hard for you. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2 and 7, we speak then the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world for our glory. For our glory. 
But it's not our glory, Brother Brown says. We don't want our glory. It's that we would be lifted up in our glory into his glory, glorifying him. Because all glory and honor is due his holy name. So the sons of God don't glory in themselves. They glory in the God of glory that predestinated them before the foundation of the world. Because it was a voluntary action. And because of that voluntary action, you'll be molded into the very character of God. So now we are the sons of God. And then I say again, we've been redeemed then through the blood. So we take this adoption, we take this inheritance, and we can take this predestination. But Paul precursors this first, that he can only get that through the blood. So he says in Ephesians 1 and 7, that we have this redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. That forgiveness of sin, and you said to me this morning, I believe in the blood of the Lamb. Then if you believe in forgiveness, it means to send your sins away and cancel all debt. For us who have debt, we know the burden of debt. (laughs) Okay, I know that. I thought I'd get more of an amen on that one. Yeah, you know what debt is. Anybody here don't know what debt is? Have a credit card. And that's why they give them out. So that you can be indebted to them forever and ever and ever, it seems. Huh? But when the blood of Jesus Christ comes, your debt's paid through his blood. The forgiveness of sin, your debt is canceled, and he sends it away. We have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sin, according to his riches of his grace. Therefore, we should never forget, I think I preached on this years ago, but it came back to my mind, the three watts. Some of you are probably just too young to remember that message. Maybe it wasn't as profound as it is now. But the three watts Paul is writing about. What from? You've been redeemed from hell and destruction. By what were you redeemed by? By the precious blood of the Lamb. What to? To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that will not ever fade away. Those are my three what's. What, what, what? What? What I've been redeemed from? Hell. Destruction. What I've been redeemed by? The blood of the Lamb. And what I have been redeemed to? Is an inheritance incorruptible. Undefiled. And never fade away, Brother Milko. What God has made real to me can never pass away. What God's made real to you can never be passed away. 
revelation comes from God, the gates of hell can't prevail against it. If God's revealed to you your family, you've got them forever. Glory! I want them out of the house. I did never want them out of the house. I can't wait till they're 18 and get out of the house. What are you talking about? I kept on saying to the boys before they got engaged, don't do it. <laughs> Mother makes your bed, she makes your bread. She washes your clothes, she does your food. But when the right one comes, they did it. Never listen to their father. I, I could never understand about people wanting their children to go. I never wanted them to leave. And by the grace of God, they come back like a flood. <laughs> Somebody walked in my house. I got a seat at that table. Got, we, Joanne and I bought this long table years before. We put it in our garage. We bought this table. It seats how many people? 20? said, okay, we want our grandchildren at the same table as me. I mean, people look at me, you're crazy. No, 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 I'm not crazy. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to see them all ducks all in a line. Oh, no, 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 sorry, eagles. It's wonderful to have them around the table. Not pushing them off and forgetting them, but drawing them in. I don't even know how that branch got off, but it was for somebody... Right, Joe? Isn't that, we, want, we want our, our children around us. I love Sundays because they're at mom and dad's. Boy, that got... Thank you, Brother Hugh. Look out, moms and dads. They're coming back. Not looking for an excuse, but willingly. As he laid down his life for his sons, we'll lay our lives down for our children. I am sorry. I haven't even seen the time here. And I, I, get, I get scared. Especially when you get quiet like that. What time is it? I, you can look at your watches if you want. It won't bother me. It's 20 to 1. We don't want to be asleep at this time. The Bible says in Zechariah 4 and 1, And the angel that talked with me again waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. May the angel of the Lord wake us this morning. He recognized it was the angel of the Lord that waked him. Zechariah realized it was the angel of the Lord that waked him. May the angel of the Lord pass by your pew right now and wake you. To understand the hour that we're in and what we are to do in this hour. Come on, Jonah, wake up. Listen, you know, I, I, I've been going through running from the presence of the Lord. He says, just face up, face up to your responsibility. Jonah was running from his responsibility, but Brother Ram says he will turn the permissive will to the perfect will. Jonah just had to face it. 
You can't run from God if you're God's. We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> Glory. If you are God's, Tommy, which I know you are, you can't run far enough away. Because wherever Jonah went, God was there. And wherever the predestinated are, God's there. Why? Because you weren't. You didn't get eternal life tonight. You got saved. You always had eternal life. It was always laying there. But it took the sun to awaken you. It took the angel to awaken you. <laughs> poor Jonah. Poor Jonah. What do you mean poor Jonah? <laughs> Wherever Jonah went, God was there, Mary. You can run, but you can't hide. I was going to title this message, and I don't mean this to be funny. But Brother Bradham does mention, I got a quote here. But he didn't quite say it this way. When you snooze, you lose. When you are asleep, you don't... Now, anybody that's been sleeping this morning already, you don't even have a clue what I said in a half an hour ago. Awake thou that sleepest. But there came an angel that waked me. And the angel behind the pulpit is trying to wake you. <laughs> to the realities of sonship. Don't you know that ye are gods? You say, that's blasphemous. Really? Where did I come from? God. Where am I going back to? God. Where did I come out from? God. Where am I going back to? Jesus. The Ram said in one place, he said, the bride came out of the bridegroom. And the bridegroom was the word, and she's the word. Just so that doesn't stumble anybody. But we got to face up to the fact, because wherever Jonah was, there was God. So you say, Brother Tom, I'm going through a terrible time. God is in the storm. Satan might get in there, but God's in the storm. And my Bible says, God maketh a storm a calm. God was in the storm. God was in the fish. God was in the boat. So it doesn't matter where you go this week. It doesn't matter what happens to you, with you, on you, for you, against you. Did I cover it all? God's with you. Hallelujah. In the good times. You mean when they're wrapping Jonah and they're getting one, two. Whenever you, you know, throw somebody in the water, you don't just throw them in, right? You take it. One, two, three. And Jonah splash. Wonder what went through Jonah's heart. He's tied up. Throw him overboard. And all of a sudden, God has a great fish there for him. Womp. <laughs> you thought he was in trouble when he went overboard. Now he's in the gastronomics of a fish. But Jonah never forgot his God. When you go through your trial, you'll never forget the God of your salvation. I will pray to the temple one more time. I will pray to the holy place of God one more time. 
And God had that fish vomit Jonah up. Brother Bram said, the mockery. He, he, he made Satan's kingdom suffer a defeat because the God of Nineveh was a fish. And when Jonah came out of the fish, he's a God. The Lord has wonderful how he can turn your situation and has turned your situations around. If God's got a call and a purpose and a predestination and inheritance for you, and they've fallen in pleasant places, and they have, surely have, and the portion of my inheritance is a him himself, then God make your word alive and real to me in this hour of sonship. We know the hour, and we know what to do. Wake up. Ye saints of the Lord, why slumber when the end is nearing? But get ready for the final call. Jonah had gone down into the sides of the ship and he laid there fast asleep. Wake up, Jonah. Awake. Think of it. How many of you had storms in your life? And how many have seen Jesus come walking on the water of humanity to your ship to cause your storm to become a calm? How many of you? How many of you have seen the word come down on the waters of life of the people of this age and seen Jesus? Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what storm you got, Jesus is there. It doesn't matter what trial you got, Jesus is there. It doesn't matter what situation you're in, Jesus is there. Wherefore, Paul says in Ephesians 5 and 14, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, for Christ shall give thee light. Ram goes when their eyes were open and they knew him. Nations are breaking. Israel's awakening. She's in her homeland. The fig tree's putting forth its buds. Oh, church. It's asleep in Laodicea. Jesus trying to get some cooperation. Can't even do that. Yet with all the things the scripture says, the church snoozes right on away in a bed of worldliness. That's the world. Remember, at the midnight hour, the wise virgin, she awakes. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning to the break of day. Oh, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna, sing, Hosanna to the King. Give me in my land, keep me burning. Oh, give me oil in my lamp. 
I pray. Just give me oil in my land. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning to the break of day. Why don't we sing Hosanna? Oh, sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna. Sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. great work in your lives. message this morning was to encourage you to keep that fire burning in your hearts. And if he's not, may he rekindle the flame. May the fire of God start to burn in your soul. You look it up in the quotes. You look it up what the brother Bram said about the burning flame of God in a believer never dies out. No coldness in the church. No coldness in the church is going to quiet the fire of God. 
Hallelujah. Victory is mine. It's given of me. It's my inheritance. Joy is mine. Oh, give me this oil, Lord. God bless you on this Memorial Day. May the presence of God light your flame. Delve into it, young man. What you go to university for might get you, Brother Ram said, Sam, a better job. Higher pay. That's good. It's good. Because if a father doesn't provide for his family, he's worse than an infidel. That's scripture. What university gives you is a job you probably want. But it's not the end all. Jesus is everything. He's everything. He's everything to me. that the glory of God will be in their homes and in their conversation I pray that the glory of God will rest upon the family of God that we can say from the depths of our soul you're my father you're my mother you're my sister you're my brother you're everything to me in my risings and my, my laying downs you're everything to me in the night visions you're everything to me Lord I pray, God, you'll bless this people, this body of believers that are here. I pray that the glory of God will fill their temples. That they have been awakened by the voice of the resurrection. No different than Lazarus heard the voice. Lazarus, come forth. We have heard the voice. And Lord, we're thankful that there is a resurrection life within our hearts. I pray now that you will go with each and every one. Those that are away over this long weekend, wherever they are, bless them. Watch over them. Father, we want to give you the glory. Not that we want any glory of ourselves, even though you lift us up into a glory. But this glory is to glorify you, the King of glory. The Lamb of God that's worthy of all praise. Bless your children now, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ for your glory and honor. Amen. Amen. Is he everything to you?
my father, he's my mother, he's my sister. Hey, my mother forsook me, my daddy forsook me, my brothers forsook me, my sisters forsook me, my sister forsake me. But Jesus didn't. That's why he's everything to me. Though the whole world forsake me, Jesus will never forsake you. God be with you, little bride. I just pray something said that would encourage you in the faith this morning. Last subject of the sons of Issachar. They knew the times and they knew what to do. Can we just sing one last song? You thought I'd let you go, didn't you? I keep listening to a different sound.
you're hearing service after service I keep listening to a different sound the sound of the bride being united with the groom Sunday morning may God bless you have a wonderful day you're dismissed in Jesus name greet one another thank God for your presence this